welcome to the AD's Office with Alex Larson and Devin Puckett. What's up, sports fans? Welcome to the AD's Office. I'm Alex, he's Devin, and this is week 10 of the NFL season. It was a banger of a week, too. We have a lot to talk about. Our office hours are open. A lot happened. The playoff picture was shook up, for sure. Absolutely. You'd think after 10 weeks that there'd be some sort of clarity on the playoff picture. and Nah, nah not really. It really didn't get there. We know the top couple teams. Yep. We don't know where they're going to end up. Sure. The Lions, the Eagles, they're both making it. Not sure who's number one. Right. On the AFC side, man, could be the Ravens, but maybe not. Could be the Chiefs, but maybe not. Could be the Dolphins, but maybe not. Could be the Bills, but probably not. Really just uncertain all around. And let's start with the Bills and the Broncos. The Monday night matchup. Yeah. The Broncos knocked off the Bills, who were a lot of people's Super Bowl favorite or AFC championship favorite this season. Right. The Broncos right now are riding a three-game win streak over the Packers, Chiefs, and Bills. That's some legitimate competition. Uh, two of the three are. One is kind of not like the other. But, um, yeah, the, the Bills and Chiefs, they've got some stacked teams. And even with the Chiefs' offense dwindling as of late, mm-hmm. they've got a really good defense. We know that the Broncos' defense was terrible, world-class bad at the start of the season. And all of a sudden... They're looking pretty okay. And Russ, Russell Wilson is, I'm not quite ready to say he's cooking again, but he looked good. He certainly wasn't the problem the last couple weeks. Right. No, you're absolutely dead on. He, this year, he has never been the problem. Last year, he was the problem. He was garbage. He was terrible in 2022. This year, he has consistently been fine to above average and this past week he looked borderline vintage yeah and i think when denver brought him in the goal was more than don't be the problem the goal was be the solution the goal was elite i think and he has had glimpses these last few weeks of maybe being the solution for denver yeah yeah i think you're absolutely right he he kind of killed it this past night. Yeah. Now they look good. And on the other side of the field, the Buffalo Bills really didn't. They did not look good. No. No, they did not. The game technically came down to a last-minute Broncos missed field goal, but a penalty for 12 men on the field against the Bills gave them a second opportunity, and they knocked it home, Broncos, with the walk-off in Buffalo. It was more than just one bad play, which, for the record, is completely on the head coach, on Sean McDermott. He calls defensive plays. Yep. He had, wasn't it even 13 guys out there? It was 13. So one of the biggest storylines of last year, DeMar Hamlin, it was the, I don't know if we can call it most gruesome, but it was the most impactful injury in Mm -hmm. NFL history, probably. Yeah. Yeah. He went down. He died on the field, was resuscitated. He was in a coma for several days. Um, He was running off the field, 
and not to say it's his fault, it was on coaching, but he was running off the field. He would have been the 13th guy on the field. They also had too many linemen in, so they still had 12 men on the field. And for those of you who are maybe Swifties tuning in, you can only have 11 in on either side. So it it was a, a tough look for sure. It was, and it was a really bad defensive, like you said, coaching mistake. But then the Bills responded by yeah. firing their offensive coordinator. Who is the guru behind fixing Josh Allen. For those of us who remember the days when Josh Allen was actively terrible at football. Yeah. His first two seasons after coming out of Wyoming, he was bad. He was bad. Phenomenal athlete, bad quarterback. And then you look at this offense, and the numbers are kind of astounding. They had the number one success rate in the league. They were third in expected points added. Josh had the fourth highest QBR in the league. They were, I think, top three in the league in yards per play, in third down conversion, in red zone efficiency. Like, this was a top three offense in almost every measurable category. Yep. And they fired the offensive coordinator. I mean, it just goes to show what you and I have kind of been talking about all year, right? Like we've talked about the Eagles for the first couple of games this year, the Chiefs for a grand majority of the games this year. The Chiefs are still ranked as a top 10 offense. I think they're number seven, but something is off and it's noticeable and they just don't pass the eye test. Mm -hmm. By every metric, like you mentioned, the Bills are still a top three, top five offense but they fired their offensive coordinator. And I can't imagine Josh Allen is happy with that decision, to be honest, because he was Josh Allen's quarterback coach. He got promoted to be the offensive coordinator when Dabble left to become the head coach of the New York Giants. Yep. Now they're firing the guy that allegedly helped fix Josh Allen's mechanics to turn him into, you know, a weapon in the NFL. Yeah, I think we can objectively say the offensive coordinator was not the problem. Josh's decision-making with some of these really just mind-boggling interceptions is a problem. The defensive miscues have been a problem. And there's there's something that just, like you said, the eye test, something with Buffalo feels off. And I don't know if it's culture, if it's attitude, it just... They don't feel like they're a team. I think part of it is we've spent probably four off seasons now saying this has to be the year that Buffalo adds a legitimate running back. They have some semblance of a running game outside of Josh Allen running it as a quarterback. And again, they didn't add one outside of Stefan Diggs. They don't have a legitimate receiver option. Dalton Kincaid has been very good as a rookie tight end, mm-hmm. but uh, there's some things to be solved for sure. Yeah. To me, firing the offensive coordinator after what has transpired this season looks like Sean McDermott is feeling the pressure as the head coach. Agreed. And I, I think it's fair to say his job is on the line. Yeah. Right when they hit halftime, I believe was when you and I kind of started texting and straight up i just asked you you know does does mcdermott get fired if they miss the playoffs or if they don't win a playoff game is he out i think he might be yeah 
no, I absolutely agree that he, the expectations are much, much higher than above 500. Right. And right now they're not above 500 even. They're five and five after this, and they've got a tough schedule the rest of the way. They'll have to go probably five and two to make the playoffs now. Right. And if you look at their upcoming schedule, that's not going to be easy. They have the Jets, which not sure what we're going to get there, but then at Philadelphia, at Kansas City, host the Cowboys, who looked phenomenal this weekend, and then at the Chargers, who, while dysfunctional, can kind of go toe-to-toe with Justin Herbert and Josh Allen playing a very similar style of football. I'm not sure there's a gimme in the next five. No, but also part of me thinks now that we're so down on the Bills, is this when they turn it on? That's been their story all year is the complete inconsistency. Lose to a team that three weeks ago was a bottom feeder in the Broncos, just now in the playoff picture, one game out behind the Texans. Uh, it wouldn't be that off-brand if the Bills just go on a streak now. They definitely could. I just don't think they will. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I think it is probably the end of Sean McDermott's run in Buffalo. Maybe even if they make the playoffs. I think you're probably right. I do... I do think they've got kind of a upcoming juggernaut to beat out for that last playoff spot right now. Do you want to talk about the Texans? Yeah. They are killing it. CJ Stroud is debatably the MVP at the moment as a rookie. It's not normal. I mean, we we talked about it with our midseason awards. Stroud already has the offensive rookie of the year locked up barring catastrophic injury. Easily. It's hit. Easily. MVP is a bigger award, and it's not out of reach. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's he's playing out of his mind. The Texans toppled over the Bengals this past weekend, and not the same Bengals that we saw in the first three weeks of the year. These Bengals are good. Mm-hmm. They're back. They were without T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase was injured. Didn't stop him from having a massive touchdown, but yep. they beat the Bengals. That's that's not a small task. No, and at this point in the season, everybody's banged up. So, True. I mean, you're absolutely right. T. Higgins didn't even suit up. That's a loss as far as offensive firepower for the Bengals. But there really aren't excuses short right. short of starting quarterback is gone. Right. There's totally a, agreed. There's a little pass. I mean, it, when if Joe Burrow's out, nah, the Bengals are a, that's a different thing. You're not overcoming that. Right. But it's a it's a legitimate big time win for the Texans who we thought were bad. Not mediocre, bad. Like we had them I think yeah. bottom three in the first couple of weeks, bottom five for sure. Coming into the season, they were not only expected to be bad, but many media outlets had them as the worst team in the NFL. And that is Far from true at this point in time. Yeah. Now they're five and four, and I believe they're a game back of the Jaguars in the AFC South. Yeah, and the Jags are playing bad. The Jags were absolutely atrocious this weekend. They gave up 
what was it, 34 to the 49ers, who we know the Niners are a good team, but the Jaguars only put up three points. Yeah, it was atrocious. Trevor Lawrence has taken a massive step back this year. Uh, What's going on with that? Doug Peterson was calling the plays last year when they went on their run. Yeah. He is not now, so I wonder how much that is affecting it. He, he might be next week. He might be next week, but also just Trevor Lawrence has, he's had an eight-game stretch of being really great mm-hmm. last season. Yeah. Outside of that, we were promised a top quarterback all-time uh, with his draft prospect. Mm-hmm. He's not close. He's like not top 10 quarterback in the league at this moment. In the league right now. And you're right. Right. His potential, the scouting reports, everything we heard about him, even from high school, he was heralded as potentially the greatest quarterback of all time. Certainly one of the top prospects ever to enter the league. Yep. Losing your coach after your rookie year. Yes. That hurts a lot. Urban Meyer clearly did damage to the oh, yeah. the entire Jacksonville organization. Yep. And if you're really one of the greatest prospects of all time, I'm not sure Urban Meyer is enough to stop you. If you're that good, then get over it. Yep. Get through it. You're making millions of dollars. You are all types of talented. Push through it. But there is a stat out there that says something along the lines of if you are a rookie quarterback and going into your second year, you already have a different head coach than what you had as a rookie, you are borderline guaranteed to not succeed. That looks like it's happening with Trevor Lawrence. And not only did Trevor Lawrence get a new coach after his rookie year, like you mentioned, yeah, but... Urban Meyer got fired mid-season and is potentially the worst coach in NFL history. Phenomenal college coach, different garbage game. NFL coach. Obviously, the Jaguars are leading their division, so it's. I mean, we're for now. We're talking about them like the sky is falling. It's not there yet, and I'm not going to sell my stock in Jacksonville right now. I'm thinking about it though. Yeah, ETN kind of has that team on his back at the moment. The 49ers, they beat on him pretty good. Mm -hmm. It's kind of looking like, wow, maybe Brock Purdy is still good as long as his brain isn't applesauce and doesn't play three days after getting concussed. Yeah, amazing how that works. Maybe the craziest thing from that game, with the Niners putting up 34 points, Christian McCaffrey, Mr. Automatic, did not get a touchdown for the first time in 18 games. 18 games, going back to last season. Yep, counting playoffs, he was on a 17-game streak of scoring at least one touchdown, tied the NFL record, and it felt like a guarantee he was going to get 18 and continue that streak. And then when you see the result of that game is 34-3, to I think most fans would assume McCaffrey got a couple. Oh, for sure. And he didn't. Nope. No dice. Yeah, he didn't get one this week. Streak ends. He, um, he did make a comment after the game was over. People asked him about it. Hey, you know, the streak is over. And he told the media, 
yeah, I must be terrible. All my buddies got a touchdown and I didn't, so I must not be a good running back in the NFL, which is obviously satire. He's the best running back in the NFL. He was having fun with it. And yeah, tru- but- truly, all his buddies got one. Debo got one. Ayuk got yeah. one. Kittle got one. All coming off the hand of Brock Purdy. Like you said, looked good. He had almost 300 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers. And maybe it just is a matter of getting his brain right. Yeah, I do. I do personally think it's a matter of getting his brain right. However, he also got Trent Williams back this week, Mm, who we've already said is possibly the best offensive lineman in the entire NFL, regardless of position. Good point. Maybe Trent Williams needs to be in the conversation for MVP. Man, wouldn't that be something? He's a lineman. Yeah, but a lineman's never going to win MVP. But you make an interesting argument. The arguably the best offensive lineman in the league out for a few weeks, and the Niners get thrashed. He's back, and they're on the other side of the thrashing. If Purdy was healthy all three of those weeks when Williams was out, and they still did what they did, I would legitimately be saying, "Man." Like, I'm not going to give him my vote, but I would maybe give him my second or third or fourth place vote. Yeah, he's probably getting some votes. And with the 49ers, just like I'm hesitant to say that the Jags are out of it, I'm hesitant to say that the Niners are fully back. It's a good win. They looked great. Purdy looked great. Their schedule is not friendly. They have Seattle twice in the next four weeks. They have to go to the Eagles and they play the Ravens, there are some big games still on the schedule for San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The one thing I will say, though, is with this win, they are back to number one in their division. Mm, That's big. So, obviously, these games against the Seahawks matter. The Seahawks are in second place of that division. Yeah, and the head-to-heads haven't happened. Right. But... How much easier is it to become a wild card if you're already in top of your division? That means you're probably in top of a lot of other teams in the NFC. I will say, though, your Minnesota Vikings, they obviously hold the tiebreaker over the 49ers. They were one of those games that the Niners dropped during those three weeks without Trent Williams. That's huge. Yeah, and the Vikings got another win this weekend. That's two in a row for Josh Jobs with the new team. I think he actually knew teammates' names this week, so that probably helps a little bit. (laughs) Uh, But he looked very comfortable, settled in, and it seems like, without knowing anything going on behind the scenes, it seems like the Vikings head coach, Kevin O'Connell, is loving what he can do with the playbook with a mobile quarterback. Yeah, that is it. If it weren't for Josh Dobbs' running ability, I think we would be having a different conversation. But he has proven to be very good as a running quarterback so far, in the Vikings anyways. Yeah. With the Cardinals, he was pretty mediocre, maybe slightly below average. But with a much more talented team, he's doing not too shabby. He's going to get Justin Jefferson back. Uh, Let's see where this thing goes. Yeah, and getting Jefferson back... Not only is that a huge boost for the offense and a huge weapon add for Josh Dobbs, it also, I think, says something about, I suppose, the feeling in the locker room. Jefferson has nothing to come back for if he thinks the team is done. 
he has a minor but potentially lingering hamstring injury, hasn't signed a long-term contract extension, doesn't need to prove anything to anyone. Whether he touches the ball again this year or not, the Vikings are paying him absurd amounts of money. If he wants to come back, I think it says that he believes this team has a legitimate playoff chance. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And right now, they obviously do. They're the seventh seed at the moment, which would mean that three of the last four weeks of the season, including the uh, first round of the playoffs, those would be Lions-Vikings games. Yeah. The last two would be the Vikings traveling to Detroit. I kind of wonder if they just house up in uh, Lansing with Kirk's old school. Yeah, camp camp out at Michigan State. Maybe if you're playing at Ford Field back-to-back weeks to end the yeah. to end the regular season and then open the playoffs on Wild Card weekend. Yeah, and you know, Kirk's old school. It's in East Lansing. It's go green. It's only an hour or two away from Mich- uh Detroit. Uh could happen yeah it'd be interesting and it seems like regardless of how the rest of the season plays out the vikings have i think a legitimate feel for josh dobbs he he could be the guy we'll see how the next several weeks play out i i'd be so shocked i'm so hesitant i think he's been awesome but man i would be shocked if they end up saying he's our long-term solution yeah, and maybe not long term, but maybe a bridge and maybe a much more cost effective and much more similar in play style bridge than Kirk Cousins would be. Sure. You draft a rookie quarterback who's going to be more mobile and obviously rookie salary is going to be extremely inexpensive. Dobbs maybe is a good placeholder for the Vikings. But the other side of the field in that game, the Saints lost Derek Carr partway through to, I believe it was a head. Shoulder slash concussion Yeah, he was the official listing. Landed on that throwing arm, the right shoulder, which he injured earlier in the season. Um, also yep. bounced his head off the turf. Yep. Jameis Winston comes in, and the Saints are in such a weird spot with that. Jameis is, I don't think he's good enough to be a starting quarterback in the league. And maybe the best backup in the league. Yeah, he definitely can push for a starting spot on some teams. You know, I'm looking at you, Las Vegas Raiders, but he's not really a quality option. And we know that, you know, he's famous for his 30 for 30 season, 30 touchdowns, Mm -hmm. 5,000 yards. Only a handful of guys in NFL history have done that. He also had 30 interceptions. Yep. So... We kind of know what Jameis is at this point. But when he came into the game, he threw an absolute rope. Chris Olave had a heck of a touchdown. That was pretty darn good. It was. It was a good throw and a good catch. And seemed to put a little bit of life back in the Saints. Didn't matter. Ultimately, the Vikings held on. But the Saints did score twice when they were coming down from, I believe it was 24-3. to And... They scored twice, got the two-point conversion both times to at least make it potentially interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was not garbage time. They were truly trying to come back. They got pretty darn close, but at the end of the day, 
Dennis Allen is proving that he's probably going to be on the hot seat. He'll have to win the NFC South if he doesn't want to get fired, most likely. You know, same could be said for the Falcons and their head coach, Arthur Smith. And same could be said for the Buccaneers and Todd Bowles. There could be several new coaches in the NFC South next season. There could. And let's talk about the Falcons a little bit. They lost to the Cardinals, who, again, we thought the Cardinals were terrible at the beginning of the season. They did get Kyler Murray back, and Kyler looked decent. Yeah, yeah, he didn't look bad. He didn't look terrible. He wasn't electric. I'm personally not the biggest Kyler fan. He is a very athletic quarterback, and there were glimpses of that this weekend where I think he's going to put Arizona in a tough spot that they may want to move on but he may be good enough that they can't move on. Yeah, yeah. I think the assumption for everybody when they said that he was coming back was essentially so that they could give a tryout to the rest of the league to show Kyler's healthy, he can do something, come trade for him. Yep. I think that's what we all kind of assumed. But he did do a couple of electric things. He was running around like old Kyler. He had a rushing touchdown. He wasn't amazing. But was good enough to get the win. It was the Cardinals' second win of the season, I believe. Yeah, it was it was a pretty okay game from him. I'll go ahead and put it on record. I think Kyler Murray starts week one for the Cardinals next season. I don't think he's going anywhere. I won't lie. The idea of Kyler throwing it up to Marvin Harrison Jr. and Marquise Brown and Trey McBride is not a bad thought to have in Arizona. Yeah, I think they can use their very good draft spot to pick up some talent around him rather than try to replace quarterback again. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. We could very easily still see Kyler next year. Let's flip to the opposite side of the NFC, though. We talked about your Vikings. Mm -hmm. The Lions had a heck of a game against the L.A. Chargers. Mm. Yeah, they did. If it weren't for the 70-20 to 20 route that the Finns put up on the Broncos, I think this would be pretty darn close to the highest scoring game of the season. Yeah, 41-38 was the final. Lions obviously got the win over the Chargers. And the score being a three-point difference feels so deceptive. Because it, right. it never felt like... It was that close. The Chargers felt like they were playing catch-up the entire time. And I was trying to figure out why. You and I watched the games together this weekend. You were in the Twin Cities. And we were talking about it as we were watching. Like, what is happening? It kind of feels like Detroit has it in the bag, even Mm -hmm. though the, the score is so close. Yeah. So today I was going through trying to figure out why it kind of felt that way. It's because there were zero lead changes. Interesting. You're right. The Chargers were literally playing catch-up the entire time. You're right. It was 10-3 after one, 24-17 at halftime, and then 31-24 after the third, 41-38 at the end. Yeah, it just... They did tie it up. The Chargers tied it up a couple times. They tied it in the third quarter at 24, tied it in the fourth at 31, and again at 38. Obviously, the Lions won it on a field goal, but... It just never felt as close as the score indicates. 
Right. And I think that says a lot about Detroit. You and I both had the Chargers in our top 10 for several weeks in a row. I don't think we do now. Yeah. But the Lions we still have in our top five. The Lions have some nitty-gritty wins against a couple of pretty good teams. They obviously got routed by the Ravens, and they just barely lost to the Seahawks. But the Chargers we know are good. We know Keenan Allen is a top 7, 6, 5 receiver in the NFL. Mm -hmm. But something was still missing. They need to add to their pass rush if they want to make a good amount of noise in the playoffs. So the Lions went out and signed the ghost of Bruce Irvin. I'm not sure for production or if it's for been there, done that experience in a locker room. I think it's totally that. I think it's, hey, I've been to the playoffs a bunch of times. Let me kind of show you guys how to do it. It screams the same thing as Julio Jones signing with the Eagles to me. Yeah, similar, like, we don't. We don't totally know what the missing piece is. We know we don't have everything we need. Let's get another guy in here that can influence the locker room, that can push some of these younger players. Because the Lions are leaning heavily on young guys. They have a lot of oh, yeah. super young guys. I think they're one of the youngest rosters top to bottom. I believe they're the fifth youngest team in the league, something like that. They don't have a single player over the age of 30 on their defense until now with Bruce Irvin. Yeah, which is wild and certainly sets them up for success going forward. We've talked about it all year. This probably isn't Super Bowl or bust this 2023 season. Right. But second round of the playoffs? Yeah, probably. Maybe I'm I'm not super convinced yet. They'd have to show me another big win. They got to beat up on some more bad teams for me to truly say, okay, yeah, they're they're gonna be in at least the divisional round. Unless they end up as the one seed, then we know for a fact they'll be in the divisional round. Right yeah. now, they are the two seed. They're only a game behind the Eagles. Mm-hmm. The Eagles still have to play the Cowboys again. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It's it's possible. Yeah, and we're gonna get a glimpse of what Detroit can do very quickly. You said you want to see them beat up on some bad teams. They have Chicago, Green Bay, New Orleans, Chicago, and Denver are their next handful of games. They should take the Bears to the woodshed. Yeah, the only real challenging games they have left are probably the Vikings matchups, which we're still probably 50-50 on the Vikings. You know, anything could happen. Totally. And then they'll play the Cowboys is really the big matchup left for the Lions. The Cowboys, if they play like they did this weekend, they are a really interesting team. I'm going to say it. It feels like fool's gold. The Cowboys pretty consistently look good when they play not great teams. The New York Giants are not a good football team, period, full stop. We're not debating that. Good teams beat up on bad teams. I've said it all season. I have to continue that and give the Cowboys some props. The Cowboys earned a little shout out. 49 to 17 is a beat down. They scored 21 points in the second quarter, and it was 28-0 at halftime. The Cowboys ended the game with backups. There was a point in time where I think the official stat line was the Cowboys have outscored the Giants 76 to 0 through 
six quarters of football this year, yeah. something like that. And at one point in the game, the total yards of offense was a difference of roughly 500 yards in favor of the Cowboys. Yeah, most teams don't put up 500 in an entire game, no, like, let alone a 500 difference. Yep, no, the Cowboys played multiple games against the Giants. That's how lopsided it was. And they were slinging it all over the place. Dak resurrected the ghost of Brandon Cooks, had yeah. four different pass catchers with touchdowns. CD got one, Cooks got one, Gallup got one, Ferguson got one, and just obliterated the Giants. But I also know who the Cowboys are. Right. They just don't do it when it matters. They do it at home, to their credit. They're 4-0 this season at Jerry oh, yeah. World. But they have losses to the Cardinals, which is terrible. Their other losses are to the Niners and Eagles, both very good teams. But they did get routed by the Niners, too. Yeah. And so they have some, we think, cupcake games in the Panthers and Commanders. But they also have the Eagles, like you said. They have the Lions. They have the Dolphins, I believe, as well. I am not ready to say that the Cowboys are a Super Bowl threat. And I'm not sure off the top of my head, actually, is that Detroit versus Dallas game, where's that one at? Do you know? It is New New Year's Eve weekend in Dallas. Okay. So a home game so, so far for Dallas has worked out really well. They will be without Leighton Vanderesh. One of their best linebackers. Yep, He's he is out for the year. Out for the year and maybe forever with a neck injury. Um, they have to see how he responds to treatment, but that it could be a career ender, which is a big loss for the Cowboys. Yeah, prayers up for him for sure. He's been a heck of a player for them. I will say one of the things about that game being in Dallas, it's either indoors or if they open up the roof, it's good weather. Yeah, you're playing Jared Goff in good weather slash indoors. That's pretty much where he's going to end up. If he's playing indoors, he's going to be a top like six or seven quarterback. Not just playing point. outdoors. He's going to be closer to 13, 14. You're playing in good weather. The Lions right now are potentially the healthiest team in the league behind only the Chargers. The Chargers had one person listed on their injury report last week. It was Justin Herbert with a finger injury, and he was a full participant and we obviously know that he slung it around last week. Versus the Lions, they just moved one of their backup offensive linemen to injured reserve. They're going to be getting Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back at the end of the season, potentially for that game, who's debatably the best safety in the NFL. Ah, there's a lot of things that could go wrong for Dallas. Yeah, it'll be super interesting. I am not shocked the Cowboys looked great this weekend. I'm not going to be shocked if they fall apart down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. We'll see what happens. The feel-good story last couple weeks after the absolute chaos that was the Josh McDaniels Las Vegas Raiders and everybody wanting to be traded at the deadline, the Raiders have won two in a row under interim coach Antonio Pierce. They look decent they beat the Jets who we didn't expect to lose to the Raiders this weekend and Devontae Adams looks happy 
which I think is huge. He had 13 targets, only six catches, but he had 13 targets, which is a lot of opportunities his direction. And when they asked Coach Pierce after the game, what, you know, what was the method there of trying to get Devontae involved? And he kind of laughed. He's like, it's not complicated. Yeah, throw the ball to him. Throw the ball to your best players. I don't know. That apparently hadn't sunk in with the old coaching staff, but so far so good in the new Las Vegas setup. Right. It is It is so far so good. Um, seems to be a happy relationship. It'll be interesting to find out this offseason if they're willing to remove that interim label from Antonio Pierce's yeah. current head coach title. Yeah, it's always fun when former players end up sticking around in the game at a coaching level. We'll see if he has the chops to actually pull it off. On the other side of that one, the Jets needed to win that game. Yeah, Their odds of making the playoffs and read between the lines, the odds of Aaron Rodgers playing again this season dropped to, I believe, 28%. Not great. Not great. And we knew that with Aaron Rodgers out in that first drive of the first game of the season, that it was going to be a tough get back. But then they showed some fight. We thought maybe they had hope. Uh, this game made it look like not so much. The defense is playing really good. Zach Wilson has been okay to bad to meh. Meh feels generous. Uh, I, I think... With Zach Wilson, you know what you're getting. You're getting meh and moments of, oh, maybe he's not terrible. And moments of, oh, no, he's he's terrible. Yeah, it'll be curious. Robert Sala, their head coach, has continued to stick with him in the media. We'll, we'll find out if come the end of the season they regret getting rid of Mike White, who the locker room really liked last season. They seem to like. So it'll be interesting if Aaron Rodgers does make a comeback. It may not matter if the Jets miss the playoffs. Tearing in Achilles is a big deal, not generally a same-season recovery. Right. So we'll see what happens with the Jets. Not super interesting. But in the division, the Patriots are going to have an interesting few weeks. They lost to the Colts, and... Keep in mind that the Colts don't have their starting quarterback. Right. And the Patriots in the game benched Mac Jones, their starting quarterback. Death taxes and benching Mac Jones in the fourth quarter of the 2023 season. Yeah. So I have two primary questions. Do the Patriots leave Mac on the bench going forward? And unrelated, is Belichick already confirmed done this is it they'll let him finish the season but it's over it's interesting to me because it's it's far from the first time mac jones has gotten benched this year i think this was actually the fourth time he's been benched this season so that makes it tough to answer the question of does he stay on the bench because so far he hasn't he's come back he's been the starter every single week the other question though man Dan Orlovsky, one of both of yours and my favorite analysts. Yeah. He came out this week and he said that he has heard rumors that 
Bill Belichick is already confirmed gone from the Patriots this offseason to become not only the head coach, but the head coach and the general manager of another team, and that Dan knows what team that may be. He did give the caveat. He's not a reporter. The insider sources he has are just like him talking to his buddies. He's not breaking any news. But he's hearing talks from guys he knows in the league right now. That's super interesting. I'm trying to think where... The first team that comes to mind, it's still in the division, and it's the Buffalo Bills. I mean, Bill did it once. It's true. He would... I believe that Bill Belichick is petty enough to want to beat the Patriots. Bills give him a chance to do that. Josh Allen is not the problem. Bill's probably not going to make stupid mistakes like sending 13 guys out on a field goal block. Man, it's kind of a mind-boggling whole thing that could be happening there. It's Mm -hmm. just Bill has been a staple of the Patriot way. He is the Patriot way. He is the Patriots for essentially your and I's entire lives. Yeah, quite literally. That said, the Patriots right now are both of our, I believe, 30th ranked team in the power rankings. Yeah, they're terrible. They're not good. And for what it's worth, the Giants are worse and the Panthers we still have at the bottom. We agree on the bottom three this week. Yep. Panthers are bad. It's not Bryce Young's fault. They're just not good. The Giants are bad. I don't know who to blame. Daniel Jones is gone. Terod Taylor's gone. Maybe it's Dable. Maybe it's a mess. And the Patriots are are bad. They're bad. Yeah, no, they're just bad. Uh we'll see if they make a quarterback change. We'll see if they make a head coach slash GM change. That's maybe the most interesting part to me is that almost certainly means whatever team Bill would go to, if mm-hmm. that would happen, is firing their general manager. Yeah, that's a big move. It's a big move. The Chargers would be another interesting one because Staley is not doing enough. But I don't know. We'll see if Bill is on the move. A couple of teams that are pretty confident in theirs. I think the Lions know that Dan Campbell, he's the guy. And I think some of the juggernauts that have really established themselves, regardless of how individual weeks go, John Harbaugh and the Ravens look good. Nick Sirianni and the Eagles look good. Andy Reid and the Chiefs look good. Kyle Shanahan and the Niners look good. That's really the top tier of coaches and, not coincidentally, top tier of teams in the power rankings. For me, it's Eagles, Ravens, Lions, Chiefs, Niners as the top five. We pretty much almost borderline entirely agreed this week in our power rankings. (laughs) We got pretty darn close in a lot of spots. Like you mentioned, you have Eagles, Ravens, Lions, Chiefs, Niners, Jacks, Cowboys. Mm. You next have the Bengals. If I'm reading off my entire top, you know, seven, eight, nine, I also have Eagles, Ravens, Lions, Chiefs, Niners, Jags, Cowboys. So we have the same top seven. Yeah. We both have the Bills drop a bit. You've got them dropping even more than I do. Oh, no, I'll say it. The Bills are average right now. And I have no issue dropping them all the way to 16. Yeah. 
Yeah, I imagine that's not going to be an uncommon take this week. My thing is maybe later this season we see them win another three or four games, and then all of a sudden we've got to push them back up. But sure. I've only got them at number 12. So Yeah, no, I need, I need to see some – you've talked about all year, consistency out of Buffalo before I'm willing to say that they're a top 10 team again. Yeah, yep, I'm totally with you. On the bottom, we disagree ever so slightly, but not really. We've got the same bottom seven outside of one swap. I've got the Commanders, Packers, Cardinals, Patriots, Giants, and the Panthers still sweeping the floor. Well, and the Panthers lost to the Bears this weekend, and that says a lot. Yeah, the Bears have looked better the last few weeks. We've both got them at number 25 right now. But 25 isn't good. 25 isn't good. And the funniest thing about that game is by the Bears beating the Panthers, they increased their own chances of ending up with a number one pick because Chicago owns Carolina's pick this year. Yeah, when that trade happened, I wasn't as big of a fan of it as the media was. They only netted back one first-rounder and obviously DJ Moore and another day-two pick. But now that that pick is the number one overall in all likelihood, heck of a deal for the Bears. Yeah, no, Bears won that trade unless Bryce Young plays for 10 years and Carolina doesn't care because they got their guy. Right, and we can't count him out after just over half of a season of his rookie year. He hasn't looked great, but he's a rookie. You're not really supposed to. C.J. Stroud is an exception not the rule that's football and with that we're gonna go ahead and close the office hours in the ad's office week 10 in the books playoff push coming from some teams it's gonna be a fun one to close out this season thanks for hanging with us make sure you follow us at the ad's office on twitter and instagram we will live tweet games over the weekends keep you up to date with our takes on the nfl And make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you later. Thanks for joining us in the AD's office. Tune in next week as we take you through our takes on the NFL.